Welcome to the All-in-One Podcast for Middle School Language Arts Teachers. I'm Linda, and I've been a teacher for over 30 years. I can help you with tips, tricks, and motivation that will simplify your planning, streamline your teaching, and enjoy more free time. Well, hey there, it's Linda. If you're listening in real time, it's almost time for Thanksgiving break. I know how difficult the weeks leading up to Thanksgiving can be. If I'm being honest, it was always so busy for me that it was a bit difficult to enjoy. So just a reminder to do your best to show yourself some grace and not try to do every little thing. That's a lesson I've never learned. In any event, by November, your kids are usually in a good rhythm and know what to expect as far as routines you have set and their workload. And this is the time that we really start to notice that some of our kids finish their work really fast and we are left wondering what to do. So that is our topic for today. Before we get into our topic, I want to make sure that you know that I always mention at least one freebie in my podcast. In this podcast, I'll be mentioning one that you don't want to miss. I really want to encourage you to sign up for my email list. I do a bunch of freebies, and once you're on the list, I start sending them out to my subscribers. You'll also be alerted when there is a sale or when I've posted a new product, and I usually put new products up at a deep discount. So you'll want to get on my email list and I will leave a link for that in my show notes. Okay, so we've all been there, right? We are ready to teach a fabulous lesson. We know the lesson will engage our kids and it does, but they finish and there's still a half hour of class left. Or you plan another amazing lesson and half of your kids are fast finishers while the other half need more time. The fact is, it is nearly impossible to create a lesson in which all kids finish at the same time. And really, what would that say about the lesson if it were a one-size-fits-all? There are so many components to a great lesson and differentiating for your students is certainly one of those components. So what does that mean for teachers? The reality is, is that we need activities to keep all of our kids, not just busy, but engaged in meaningful activities for every moment they they are with us in class. And that means we need lots of ideas at the ready for our fast finishers. Telling a student to read when they finish early is okay, it's fine. Obviously, I'm a language arts teacher, I value reading more than most things in this world, but there are times when students just don't have the stamina to go and read. So today we're going to talk about structuring routines for your fast finishers, menus for fast finishers, ongoing assignments, and choice boards for fast finishers. All right, so let's start with structuring routines. If you've been listening to me, you know that I've been a teacher for over three decades, and I can tell you the main reason I almost never fell apart was due to almost always having a plan. Fast finishers are something you have to plan for every day for every lesson. 
Does it sound overwhelming to you? Well, it can be, and it was for me. I finally figured out a system that worked for me, and that was to have ongoing options for students that they could easily access. First of all, you have to teach your process. I teach, show, and model what to do at the beginning of the year. And guess what? I have to reteach, reshow, and remodel until it sticks. And teaching your kids routines, like what to do when they're done, is no different than the way you teach any other lesson. So you have to teach, you have to reteach, you have to show and reshow and model and remodel. So my school uses uh, Google Classroom. And in the Classwork tab, I have created a folder called Finished. Check here. Within that, I keep my three different methods for fast finishers. So within that, I have menus, I have ongoing assignments, and I have choice boards. And I'm going to talk about each of them. Um, before kids begin their independent work, because my style is a reading writing workshop style where I do a mini lesson and then I give them their workshop work to do. And so before I send them off to work independently in the workshop, I always give just a quick reminder about this procedure. And once you are set up, the system works incredibly well. So let me go over each of these. So the first one is a menu for fast finishers. So having a go-to menu for your fast finishers is great for those times when there isn't a ton of time left, maybe when you have a substitute or for a time like a Friday afternoon when kids are feeling burnt out. I set mine up on a Padlet. If you don't know what Padlet is, I'm going to link it in the show notes. It is like it's like an electronic uh, sticky note board with all links on it, and it's phenomenal and it's free. Um, I have links to things like word games, online crossword puzzles, um, other types of online puzzles, and the possibilities are really endless here. One of the things I have on there, and it is a student favorite, is a puppy cam, <laughs> and yes, when I say puppy cam, I mean a camera on puppies, and it really has a calming effect on the kids. I mean, that's why they have it online, and at first I'm like, am I really going to put this on? But you know what? The kids love it. I do set a time limit for that, um, but studies have shown that dogs and puppies have a very calming effect, and I will tell you, those little puppies are addicting. <laughs> And there are a couple of other ones I would recommend to put on your Padlet as choices. One of them is Wordle, Word Sudoku, Sudoku, I never know if I'm saying that correctly. And like I said, the Puppy Cam. So I'll link, I'll put a link to all of those, but definitely look into different online word puzzles and things like that. Okay. Um, another thing that I have in my folder for fast finishers is ongoing assignments. So I'm a language arts and a social studies teachers, but my students in both of these core content subjects almost always have an ongoing assignment that require their attention. Often kids start here if they finish early. I highly recommend having an assignment that is ongoing. 
And here's some examples. Obviously, the first one would be reading. Um, this is the most obvious, but my assignments for reading come first as part of reading workshop. However, there are times when they have to read something in addition. I use common lit and give a weekly assignment. So that is something that they might go to when if they finish their regular work. Common lit is great. It's also free and I'll be sure to link that as well. Um, another ongoing assignment is notebook work. My kids use interactive notebooks in both language arts and social studies. So if they finish early, they might know that they have a notebook check coming and they can work on that. Another one, obviously, are things like projects that you're doing in class. Um, I often have ongoing projects that kids need to tend to. They have center work, um, unit projects, maybe a writing piece or a novel study. And sometimes around a holiday, you know, um, middle schoolers still love to make things. I, I have kids make a gift for a special person, so that might be an ongoing project that they can get to when they finish their work. Another one that's not quite as exciting, but definitely necessary is grammar. I assign grammar through um, IXL on a Monday, and it's due the following Monday. I also use a grammar um, system in my room where I have grammar lessons and, a, and like kind of a hands-on activity. It's actually a product on my TPT store, but they know that that's an ongoing assignment and that if they finish early, that's something that they should get to. And the last thing I want to talk about in a little bit more in depth is choice boards. Um, choice boards have become my bread and butter in my classroom and in my TPT store, quite frankly. Um, it is my absolute favorite thing to have on hand for my fast finishers. So in case you're unsure of what I mean, when I say choice boards, for me, it's where kids can select from a variety of activities and have their materials and everything at the ready. And they making a, a good choice board does require some work up front, but the payoffs are huge. Um, I have created a wide variety of choice boards for, lang for language arts and within there for things like fiction and nonfiction, and I have social studies choice boards with things like current events and um, certain assignments. There's a grammar choice board, a vocabulary choice board, a poetry choice board, um, holidays like Black History Month, Halloween. Um, when I create them, they're digital, which means that the links to the materials that they need to complete them are provided right there. However, you could print them as well, and I like to actually print some copies and give kids a choice here, whether they want to do it digitally or printed. Um, I'm going to do my best to describe it here, but you're, you will definitely want to take a look on my TPT store to get the visual, and I'll be sure to include a link to them as well. So when I create a choice board, there's 15 activities. So I'm going to give an example using my poetry choice board. So when the student opens it up, they're going to see 15 examples of poems that they could write, and they're going to pick one. So I have things like odes, diamante, calligrams, kennings, etc., things like that. And the 15 choices are on the first slide. And when they 
click their selection, let's say that they want to do a Diamante, they would click that and that would link them right to the direction page. Then if they look at the directions and they think, yeah, this is the one I want to do, then they would click again to get their template and their template makes a copy for them that goes right into their drive so you don't even have to do anything and the template gives very specific directions on what they should do with examples and it will also link any specific directions like for example the template for the poetry choice boards would contain a link to uh, different poetic devices and this way it's foolproof and the kids can be completely independent. Now something that newer teachers are, would always ask me are do you grade these and the answer is like heck no. <laughs> you could um, but if you do keep it really really minimal like as a score of like one to three because this is not meant to give you extra work. It's meant to you know you want to check in with them but you shouldn't be going home and like correcting all of this stuff. No way. Um, if you're using it as something extra, you could do a sort of reward system, which is how I use my choice board. So I have a sticker and lottery ticket system in place in my class. And if you think that it's babyish, it really isn't because, well, if you're a sixth grade teacher, you know, they still like stuff like that. And so do seventh and eighth graders. They like rewards. They like a chance to win something. I mean, I think it's just kind of human nature. So let's say a student completes a poem from the Poetry Choice Board. They turn it in when I have a chance. I look at it and I'm like, this was good. Here's your lottery ticket. Put it in for the drawing. And I do it once a marking period. I, I pull winners and they, they're small prizes that I give out. But the kids are very competitive uh, for it. I also sometimes will say this poem is so good. I'm going to give you two two lottery tickets or two stickers or, or, or three or whatever. Um, if they go above and beyond with what you know their best work is. Okay, one of the reasons I love it is because I love having that digital and print option. Kids like to do things in different ways and sometimes the same kid will want to do something digitally and sometimes that same kid will want to do it on paper and that's, you know, I think that's the way I function as well. Um, a benefit of the digital choice board is that you can just pop it up on your digital learning platform and keep it up there and your kids are good to go. Um, but I do create also, if, if it's something that I want to really commit to, like my language arts choice board is up for the year. I actually have a bulletin board. It's an interactive bulletin board where I make file folders right on the board and stick their templates in the file folders. And like I said, you can take a look on my TPT store and you'll see an example of what that looks like. Um, so I, because I really do like my bulletin boards to be interactive and useful and not just pretty. Um, choice boards are my best selling items by far in my store, probably because they take a long time to make, but they're so, so useful for extended periods of time. So if you are reading this around the Thanksgiving holiday, you are in luck because I have a free choice board sampler, which will have a few activities that your kids can use uh, to get started. Okay, so 
I hope you'll give one a try because I promise you it will not disappoint you. So that's it. We talked about structuring routines for fast finishers, menus for fast finishers, ongoing assignments, and using choice boards. Be sure to tune in next week when we will talk about a really exciting topic, which is teaching vocabulary. Um, I know, I know, but stay tuned because I have ideas that will really set you up for the entire year with very little effort. And please take this from somebody who struggled teaching vocabulary because I inherited a really bad system when I began teaching and I started letting go of it little by little, but not quickly enough. And you'll get to see, you know, what I came up with that really worked very well. Before you leave, I want to take a moment to cordially invite you to join my Facebook group. It's really brand new, but the teachers who joined are engaged and have great tips, and it's just a very positive online space. Um, and I'll be sure to leave the link to that group in my show notes as well. I hope this information was helpful. Be sure to check the links that I mentioned in the show notes. My email is available there as well in case you have questions or comments. You can also DM me on Instagram at allinonemiddleschool. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.